Good afternoon, gardeners. You're listening to Garden Planet with Selena and Karen. Good afternoon, everyone. Today's topic is a topical one, as it's it's a topical topic. Topical topic. Uh, as you might have heard, that it's in America, it's Thanksgiving. And so that's the harvest season, but we're going to get in early for our harvest season and talk about what we can do with all the abundance of produce we will have once we have grown everything. And yeah. Yeah. Too much produce. Yeah. What do we um, do with it not all? Usually a problem I have with my garden. <laughs> I but was sometimes the same. Um, <laughs> sometimes and actually to be fair, I usually always find um, somewhere to give it. But I'm gonna talk about some of the options other than outside of friends and family. Mm-hmm today. Um, obviously that's the easiest one. Hey, you need any avocados? You need any courgettes? You need any? I've got hundred, you know. Well, you're always giving me lemons. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're not just talking about the show produce either, <laughs> are we, Selena? <laughs> so um, I was just going to get stuck into the first thing that I'd found um, in my research, which is a... Um, what is it? I don't know if it's a... Oh, I can't remember the exact. But the name of it is Kiwi Harvest. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? Uh, no. What's that about? Um, I was going to say, is it a charity? Is it? I can't remember exactly what it fits into. But I'm just going to say a corporation. Organisation. Organisation. I'm going to say organisation. Yeah. Kiwi Harvest. Kiwi all one Harvest. word. Yeah. Their mission statement is... Two big problems, one clever solution. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to uh, produce and supply, mm-hmm. what do you think the two big problems? I'm going to test you. I love putting you on the spot oh. right at the start when you're just trying to warm up. Two big problems. What do you reckon they would be when it comes to well produce uh, and the world and over whatnot? oversupply? Uh the two big problems yet would be, well, more waste. Yes. So there's apparently, what I've discovered, a lot of food waste. I'm going to get into that. And the other problem is food insecurity for a lot of people. Oh, mm. not having enough. So, and they've come up with a solution to Ooh. this. So two problems, one solution. Yep. So put simply, Kiwi Harvest collects good food before it goes to waste and gets it to those in need. I think I've seen this on TV before. Mm. They follow a uh, Maori uh, whakatauki, mm-hmm. which means proverb, yeah. that says, uh, Naku te roro, no te roro, ka ora te iwi. I apologise if my pronunciation is not on that, but that means, translated, with your basket and my basket, the people will live. So that's mm. their motto. Yeah. So I think it's about coming together with our resources and sharing. our... Sharing. Sharing yeah. and caring. Exactly. Wow. They had some interesting numbers on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should have broken this number up. I am going to actually. Five... No, that's a million. Five million one hundred and twenty-seven thousand four. 
434 kilograms of food mm. is what they managed to save from going about collecting food that's still good enough to eat mm. all over the place. Is this from the farmers or... Oh, um, I'll get into that, where they get it from. Mm. Uh, one million... Was that 14 million? 14 million... 649,811 meals delivered from all the extra food that they collect. Yeah. That's quite a lot of meals. That's a lot. 242 recipient charities. And I think this is another million one. 13,638,974 carbon emission reduction, carbon dioxide equivalent. Wow. Whatever that means, that number. So they're also doing that which calculation, which I think is pretty cool. Mm. And I'll get into... So your first question was, where do they get it all from? They work with businesses like supermarkets, wholesalers, producers and restaurants. Mm-hmm. And they rescue the food that these people are not able to sell, whether it's because of oversupply, damaged packaging, cancelled orders, mislabeling or because the food is nearing its best before date or end of life. Mm, okay. So these people um, work together and they'll go, oh, we've got a whole... I remember going, working in a food factory and we would... If we got a label wrong, so we put the wrong yeah. label Can't on or sold. put it... Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh. So we would work with certain charities and say, we've got like... You can have this. You know, five pallets yeah. of... Um, I'm Stuff always having inspired some. chocolates, <laughs> and and a lot of the time it's actually not really a big deal. It's no. it's it's madness, and um, just to get into the carbon emission um, discussion there. Yeah. So not only um, so what happens is I wrote about that more down in the where did I talk about what happens when they chuck all the food in the. Apparently, anyway, there's huge amounts of food. That might have been in my next discussion. Oh, that was something that I'm not sure I'm going to have time to discuss this time round. Okay. But I'll just one of the facts I'll grab from it. 90,000 tonnes of food waste goes into our landfill a year. Now, visually represented, that's about 90,000 small cars. And 80% of that is said to come from the kitchen. Wow. Yeah. So... Um, it's contributing a lot to our landfills and thereby also contributing to um, greenhouse gas emissions. Yeah. And that is because the food waste, when it's inside of a landfill, is unable to break down aerobically. Yep. And thereby it releases instead of... Um, the gases that you'd get released from the composting process. Mm. I'm going to have to fall back on that. Remember that composting science one we did oh, way yes. back? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, more, a lot more methane gas is released when it's anaerobic okay. degradation. Are we talking about um, um, packaged food or fresh food? Um, or they, so they focus more on fresh because um, this is where they differ a bit. They focus more on fresh food because um, a lot of charities, you, um, they only ask for canned goods yeah. or dry goods just because 
those sorts of foods are easier to work with and manage and yeah. store. Yeah. So it becomes like a practicality thing. Okay. Whereas these guys are doing more fresh. Yeah. That's their focus. Because a staggering 40% of New Zealanders experience low to moderate food security. Mm. They can't find what they need. Yeah, they're going hungry. No. Um, and working oh. in a low decile school, I can definitely see see that impact. Um, yeah. yeah. And often, like, yeah, it's the same children coming up saying, oh, and we have a little food box in the office, but it's not much. It's just muesli bars mm. and, you know, Something jellies. Something to keep them going. Something just to put in their tummy. Yeah. Um, so it is a real problem, up to 305 thousand Kiwi children are living in poverty and going oh, hungry, which is quite, it's almost half a million. Uh, That's a lot for so, a small country, I think. Yeah. This Kiwi harvest, are they giving to, you mentioned the give to charities and then they use that food? Yeah. Uh, the, the fresh food that they provide, I don't know that, didn't get into all the ins and outs of it, but I think they just prepare meals and yeah, deliver them to maybe people like food banks mm. or, you know, those various charities that they have around. Maybe Wins has got connections there. Okay. And, yeah, so they're, yeah, so they're filling a gap there. I know with some those. churches, they ask around the local, like, supermarkets and grocers for their extra food and then cook it up for the community. Hmm. So they kind of do it directly rather than this, um, well, this Kiwi harvest sounds like it does the entire country. Yeah, I mean, I think they're all set up for it, you know. They've got their little trucks that they go around. They've got a team of people. Yeah, so they're all, it's it's quite large now, mm. and there's really no reason why you need to be throwing out. No. Um well, I stuff. know in France they've made a law that you're not allowed to dump food in the landfill. Yeah. You have to use it or donate it or yeah. compost it. Um, yeah. So another yeah. part of Kiwi Harvest's mission is to increase awareness and engagement with the issues of food waste and food insecurity. Uh, they deliver interactive presentations and workshops in schools. I haven't seen that yet at my school, but it would be cool. Mm. Maybe I should um, make contact with them. It'll be like a compliment to garden to table for mm. some schools. You know, that's right. That's directly giving, growing and, you know, feeding children. Um, they also provide corporate engagement opportunities and team building type stuff to do with that and act as a voice for food waste and food insecurity issues at public events and in the media. So they they seem to be... An organisation that, yeah, is getting out there yeah. and spreading the word, which is really cool because I thought I knew a, about food insecurity in this country, yeah. but it wasn't until I saw some of these figures that I was like, oh, my goodness, this yeah. really is a problem. Um, and the amount of waste, I mean, absolutely huge I, amount of waste going into the landfill. I thought, I, like, countries like America had, because I've seen pictures of all their, like, harvest and just sitting there to rot, basically. Yeah. And I thought, oh, we don't have that here in New Zealand, but yeah. it seems like we do. Well, is... and it comes down to, I guess, um, profit margins yeah. and all that, all which that. is, uh, of course, you know, 
a precedent. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, so that's Kiwi Harvest. So I just wanted to talk about them. Was there anything you wanted to... Well, I um, came across this kind of complementary sort of organisation and along similar lines, but it, I don't know if you've heard of it. Have you heard of OBI? No. It stands for Out of Our Own Backyards. Yeah. And it's kind of like a a backyard cooperative. So if you have too much produce and then it's like a network to get the food um, to others who want it. And um, people put in for it by subscription and then they gather all the extra food and distribute it to deliver it to the people that have, like, paid a subscription and it's all the fresh organic food out of backyards basically oh, right. okay yeah. so it's kind of like an extension of what we start off with with, with neighbors friends family yeah um yeah, yeah. so straight out of your yard into yeah. Some, yeah. On someone else's plate that's um, cool and some small scale organic farmers have signed up for that too so you're getting really fresh organic, yeah. well-grown Sounds food. like you'd probably get better food <laughs> yeah. than from at your supermarket, <laughs> exactly. eh? So I think you, um, the way it works is you sign up for it online and um, you just pay maybe, say, a box a fortnight or something like that and then it gets delivered to your door. And it's for a, not much of a cost no. at all. Um, I think it's just like if it's a box depending on how big box you want. And they just fill it with the fresh seasonal things that are, you know, available yeah. at that time. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds a bit similar to the other um, establishment I wanted to bring up. Did you have anything more about Ubi or...? Oh, no, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. And that maybe I want to trial it, although I, you know, I'm relying on my own <laughs> gardening yeah. for now. Yeah, because um, then you might end up with surplus produce <laughs> then and be like, oh, I've got surplus produce from surplus produce. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, maybe if I was a foodie, I would, you know, be really keen to sign and, and, the, and the other thing is, and I wanted to... I don't think I'll, I thought I'd have time to bring it all in. Was worst case is you can compost it mm. and just rework it back into your garden for future growth. Yeah, um, that that's not the end of the world. In fact, it's far better than chucking it in the bin. Um, yeah. So that sounds similar. Have you heard of the this next thing I was going to talk about was um, Pataka Kai? Yes. Yeah. 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 That's. Uh, the technical, I, there was a box outside a uh, high school just down the road from us, um, a wooden sort of box with shelves set up and everything that the kids had set up. And you can put in your surplus project, you can put in clothes, yeah. um, as long as it's edible, fresh, clean, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, for a while there, people were chucking in huge amounts of old books and novels it was oh, getting a bit silly no put those in the book fridges don't yeah, put those in the I, you know so some people do yeah yeah it, it, but i'll talk a bit about them i didn't realize it was called that i thought it was just something that the school had done no, maybe no. a bit of an initiative but it's actually a national it's a network thing yeah um so pataka kai is the open street pantry movement yeah 
and it is a resident-led grassroots crowdsourced solution to immediate and local need. Pataka Kai is the Maori term for a food storehouse or basically a pantry. The movement acts to rescue food and encourage the co-sharing between neighbours and in doing so aims to strengthen communities. Whether a need for food or a need to give, the Open Street Pantry movement facilitates neighbours helping neighbours and is considered a judgment-free movement. Those who wish to contribute may do so at their own discretion and when convenient. This movement is about mana manaakitanga, which translated means the process of showing respect, generosity and care for others. Mm. I really, really love this one. Yeah. This is probably my personal favourite. Mm. I use it quite a bit. There's been quite a few oh, of my lemons okay. taken up, you know, one of the shelves at some point. Oh. And even some of the avocados that Mike drops off in yes. bags and I, you know, I've got nowhere else I can think to put them. I'll, I'll chuck them in there and they always go. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not a new idea. The Maori ancestors have done this for many sh- in many shapes and forms in the past. And our neighbours, in fact, over in the United States have done an amazing job doing this with their own version of little free pantries situated all over the country. The movement is committed to promoting community empowerment, enabling intergenerational connectedness and turning strangers into neighbours. Wonderful. I've got to get that going. So they've got a website, yeah, (laughs) Pātaka Kai. Yeah. Um, I think if you do want to set something up like that, you need to manage it. Like I say, some people just put silly things in there. And mm. I've, even when I've put things in there, I've actually given it a bit of a clean out myself and gone, no, that's that's not the idea. And yeah. just taking the initiative to clear clear yeah. out some oh, of the rubbish. You're but, a good um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> neighbours. Good on you. Yeah, you got to love them or hate them. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, it's just, I I think it's a great initiative and Mm. super easy. Yeah. And, yeah, Yeah. just a simple idea of sharing and caring. I mean, if you're in a neighbourhood Facebook group, which I am, or you're on something like Neighbourly, you can put a notice out and say, oh, free lemons or free whatever outside my gate. Come pick them up. Do you do that? Um, I... Some of my neighbours have done that. Yeah. And yes, I've been the recipient. And yeah. It, it kind of works. It's I, I quite like the, I'm not a big fan of um, social media and I don't, mm. I'm not very reliable when it comes to checking it and yeah. posting stuff. Yeah. Um, so which I, is a real no-no these days, but I mean, it is <laughs> what it is. But I just, you know, even just people doing things like the Pataka Kai thing, but, you know, you sometimes see people, they just put a little table out the front of their fence Chuck, bag up some grapefruits yeah. and lemons or whatever they've got and you, they either do a you know gold coin donation or mm. just take it i mean it's cool yeah like why not the honesty box i hope people are still honest these days <laughs> <laughs> i mean well and honestly well some people don't have a gold coin no you true. know um but if you've got excess produce you want to share it aren't you i think I mean, it feels good and it's like what they were saying you know some people have a a need to give they yes. they feel yeah it makes them feel good and so why what a great platform to do so it's yeah. and quite simple i mean i just go what i do with the um pataka kai thing mm-hmm. is i just put a little box on 
in my garage and whenever I think, oh, I could put that in there or whatever, I, as I'm, when I'm driving past next, I just quickly stop off, chuck it in, you know, just yeah. on my way. Oh, that's so And neat. it's really easy, you know. Sometimes yeah. I see, like, in the supermarkets themselves, like boxes or trolleys for Salvation Army and people have had extra yes. shopping. I don't know how they have extra shopping to put in, but oh, I thought too much. I can put some in yeah, there. Yeah, that's a nice idea, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And and I think, I just think the ones with less red tape, yeah. the, the easier The easier ones, it is. Yeah. The, the better it's going to be, yeah. you know. But obviously those ones where you've got restaurants and supermarkets, that's obviously quite a large scale thing. Oh, that has so they need a lot. Someone like Kiwi Harvest to really Yeah, organise it or <laughs> manage it and I think they, they have schedules now and they go round <laughs> like you know, on Tuesdays yeah, we're hitting yeah. this countdown, on Wednesdays we're going to this hotel on that, you know, and so but, on. Yeah, for real grassroots level, um Pataka is a great idea. Yeah, I reckon. And that's where it all starts in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, building and fostering that sense of community. Yeah. Good one. Um, on, so on that note, well, that was all I was going to discuss. Did you have anything further, re Surplus? Well, surplus. <laughs> I had this fun kind of surplus idea. Okay. But um, some greenies might not um, appreciate it because it, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but La Tomatina, which is a Spanish um, tomato fight. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so every August um, it happens annually. Every like last week of August in Spain, in a town called Bunol, yeah, um, they have this tomato fight because they've got so much tomatoes, extra tomatoes. Because yeah, tomatoes do grow well in Spain, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and they do, they come all at once. It's like, ah, what am I going to, I don't want to make any more relish. And I don't, I'm so, yeah, yeah. 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 So it started in 1945 when some boys, like, they used to have this parade down the town streets to celebrate some harvest or something. And then these boys just started throwing tomatoes (laughs) at each other. And then it became like, an annual thing oh. and it's turned into like a real big festival and tourists come. And, oh wow, and that's it's funny. Like policed by the local council. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had like a list of rules of um, what you can do because it's only meant to last an hour and then everyone gets all their tomatoes and then just chucks them at That each sounds other. fun. I was chatting with, uh, well, my husband, I have to refer to him now as, and um, he was saying at the end of every year at school, I don't know if that still happens anymore, um, who knows what's happening in South Africa these days, but <laughs> they used to do a similar thing as a sort of end of year, sort yeah. of fun day, yeah. but with watermelon. So oh. all of the um, teachers would, you know, wheel in the trolleys of cut up watermelon and there'd just be a huge watermelon fight oh. on the field. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so <laughs> it much fun, eh? <laughs> I think I'd rather eat watermelon oh, than tomato, yeah. but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just imagine the clean-up of... <laughs> I know. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, I imagine what sort of animals would be sort of lurking around, you know, that night, you yeah. know, ready for the annual feast. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. So if you're not going to, like, make ketchup sauce or jams, jellies, chutneys, pickles, freeze your produce or dry it, yeah. um, 
do yeah. a big festival where you just throw it at and, and a lot of people do freeze, but I, I've only got so much freezer space. Yeah. And for me, I'm like, I and I've done that before and just ended up with bags and bags and bags of like... And frozen then, tomatoes and frozen courgettes and, and frozen. And your hubby's going, where am I going to put the ice cream? And it cream? just gets a bit, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it gets a bit out of hand. So, yeah, it's nice to have these other options. So that's that's awesome. Um, so speaking of courgettes, you were going to talk to us about... Oh, our plant of the week. Of all the saddest words that I have ever heard, the saddest is a story told me by a bird. You'd spend about an hour chatting with a flower, and here's the tale the flower told. Quote, I'm a lonely little petunia and an onion patch. An onion patch. Yes, an onion patch. Well, you won't be lonely if you grow this plant. <laughs> <laughs> the wonderful courgette. Um, now, this will make you many friends because this plant produces so much uh, yeah, <laughs> which is why it's so relevant to today's yeah. topic. And the time to grow it is now. <laughs> and um, by the way, it starts off as a courgette and if you let it get really massive, like it's bigger than a cucumber, mm. it's called a... Um, marrow. Marrow. Yeah. Uh, this plant belongs to the pumpkin family or mm. the curcubits. Mm-hmm. So it grows in a similar fashion. Um but uh, it needs warm temperatures to grow, so that's why it's the right time to plant it now. Mm. And it grows very quickly too. Very quickly. Um, In fact, all the cucurbits, yeah. the cucumbers, yep. uh, did you say it was related to pumpkin? Yep. And squash. They all, once they get going, yep. it's like you look at it and it's like, oh, there's a little pumpkin. Or yep. there's a, and next thing and you next look minute. and it's like... <laughs> There you go. As long as you keep giving them plenty of water because they have lots of water in them. Yeah. Uh, um, another name for courgettes, not familiar with the term, is zucchini. Ah, yes. Yeah. Um, and as you said, they will grow into marrow. And yeah. actually, it's the same plant. Zucchini sounds Italian. Yeah. Um, it, zucchini. It, it is kind of. Actually, Fettuccini. The, the best varieties to grow are the Italian type ones. So um, that's a recommendation. Why do you say that? Oh, because they just taste better. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not so watery. They're kind of a bit firmer. Yeah. Just a bit tastier. Yeah. So that's a tip. Um, yeah, another name is scallopini. Yeah, um, because some of them, like in the uh, cucurbit family, they are more of a squash type fruit mm-hmm. and they look like little scallops. So They, they yeah, all sound funny. quite European. I mean, courgette. It's yeah. French sounding. Yeah. But I mean, it's such a bland. I like courgettes. I actually really like them yeah. as a vegetable, yeah. especially roasted. Okay. Um, did you know you can also eat the flowers? No. Yeah. You can eat them. Um, people say to deep fry them in a tempera batter. Yeah. And they're quite tasty. What about fresh? Um, I think you could eat them fresh in a yeah. salad. But a lot Is of people just cook them. All the cucurbit flowers or just the... Um, I'm not sure about that, but courgettes definitely. And the good thing, if you do eat the flowers, then that means you won't have so many fruits and then excess fruits. Oh, <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and is it advisable um, to, if you do want more, yeah. say you've got a big family gathering yep, coming yep, or whatever... Yep. To harvest them as like as soon as don't leave them sitting on the plant like keep no yeah keep, keep them. picking them so yeah. every couple of 
days, check them, and right. you just cut them. And, and it encourages them. more. Yeah. Okay. And it will grow more. Um, give them plenty of space. They like to have a bit of room, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So harvest when they're small, about 15 centimetres, unless you really want a gun for the big big one. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can be grown in tubs as well. So right. they don't necessarily need a big garden Do pot. they need... Bit more nutrients if grown in a um, container. Yeah, they might do. One tip was to have like a bucket of manure okay. sunken into where we've been growing them, that plants around them can feed off that. Right, because they would like that nutrient. So yeah, give them plenty of the good stuff. Okay. Yep. Um, and then um, they are kind of a trailing plant. You know how cucumbers yes. trail along. Yes. So you could train them up on a structure if you wanted to. They do travel far, man. Yeah. I reckon if you let them go on your lawn, <laughs> you would not have a, yeah, no. that'd be it. Yeah, so that's our plant of the week. Thanks for that, Selena. What a classic, the classic courgette. Yeah, and you've got to, yeah, cook them in everything once you've got I them. I reckon. <laughs> and, um, and even if you don't have a use for them, we've given you some great tips today, guys. So yeah. there you go. Hope you enjoyed. Happy gardening, everyone, and, um, yep, use up all your produce. See ya. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. That's all we have time for. Come back next week for more great gardening tips at Garden Planet. You can find us on Facebook on our Garden Planet Facebook page or email us at gardenplanetfm at gmail.com if you want to ask us anything about gardening. Happy gardening, everyone, and we'll be back next week.